Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. If you are new to investing, want to learn more about investing, or want tips on how to manage your long-term financial plans, check out our sister podcast channel, Money Plan, available on Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. Hello and welcome to the June episode of Monthly Market Insights. I'm Phil Attree, Barclays Head of Wealth Specialists. And as usual, I'm joined by Will Hobbs, our Chief Investment Officer. Uh, Now, Will, it's been another turbulent month across investment markets. And whilst I'm sure, you know, it's very stimulating for the investment teams in their day-to-day work, uh, investors, I think, are probably looking forward to the episode where I'm going to be able to stop saying that. 100% 100% um, Phil I can't say it's going to come anytime soon I'm afraid but no, yes I, I get agree that, get that <laughs> feeling as well but anyway Will and I are going to have a go as usual at unpicking what's going on in the world also what the path ahead might look like and so hot topics you know really continue to be about oil inflation central banks and I suppose a little bit more uh, uh, about the hunt uh, for you know stock and bond opportunities that might be out there particularly at, at current levels uh, so Will maybe could you set the scene for if you can. Phil, that's not an easy question, actually. More and more difficult than usual. I'll try and do like a brief world tour to give you sort of, because each region is facing its own set of quite individual challenges, some of the same ones as well, but with quite individual toolkits as well. So if you start with the US, because that's still by miles the most important for us, as we know, in terms of the outlook for investment markets. Um, if you start there, the good news is that the data is okay. The economy is slowing, but you kind of want that to be the case. That sounds perverse, but as we've explained before, this is what central bankers are trying to achieve. This is what mostly people want to achieve in order to try and reconnect aggregate demand with uh, aggregate supply so that you get those inflationary pressures under control again. But they need to cool demand for everything, basically, you know, for workers, for goods, for services. But, you know, incoming economic data, the latest batch of data suggests that the US economy has quite a bit of cooling to do before the central bankers will, you know, feel relieved enough to sort of stop trying to get interest rates up at such a sharp level. Europe has a job to do too on this front, you know, in terms of that inflationary story. That's the same kind of thing uh, really at work for somewhat subtler, different, different, different reasons. But they've got obviously the added complication of the, you know, the unfolding tragedy in uh, in Ukraine and, you know, proximity there and everything that's going on there is obviously creates a much more uncertain outlook for uh, for the European economy. You know, if you think about if the gas supply, which still could be cut off, that plunges Europe into immediate economic darkness. And that's not quite foreseeable, very easily sort of um, calculatable in terms of the odds that that might happen. So you want to be wary of overconfidence there. Um, in China, you know, they're continuing to you know, play the policymakers are trying to play whack-a-mole against Omicron, which, as we know, is a much more transmissible variant. You know, it's proving difficult, as the news from Shanghai this week suggests. And there you've seen a very, very sharp deterioration in economic activity because of that battle. And that's made things very difficult in the short run there. Uh, You know, further out, you should see a bounce back. You know, activity inevitably will bounce back. But we've said before that the outlook, you know, outlook for China is difficult as well. So like I say, it's really very different sort of outlooks in different regions. And the big story on the consumer side is this excess savings pile that we've talked about before. Uh, you know, how will that be deployed? 
to what extent will it be deployed in region to region? You know, in the US, it's perceived to be a bit more evenly distributed across the uh, across households and therefore maybe a bit more likely to be deployed. And the latest spending data showed that that was a little bit the case. They're dipping into that excess savings. That's a little bit more questionable in Europe, UK as well. Um, you know, the, the, the perception here is that it's a bit more unevenly distributed, more um, clustered in the top 40% by income distribution. Um, and that has a different outcome in terms of what you would expect to be spent, if that will make sense. It does indeed. And you made reference a couple of times there. But the big question, you know, at the moment appears to be when we're likely to see the friendlier side uh, of central bankers again. Yes, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It feels, it feels a long way away right now. And it, it's amazing to think, you know, if you look at this year from, you know, a little over a year ago, and you look at what markets and most were expecting at that stage and forecasting for 2022, it was really about, you know, central bankers sitting on their hands for much of it, still in nurture mode, you know, trying to nurture the economy back from the blows of the pandemic. And yet you fast forward to today, and you have got quite the opposite. You know, you're already in the US deep into rate rising cycles. You've got coming in the US. The next few meetings are expected to be, again, chunky rate rises. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a, you know, a good deal higher by the end of the summer. The question mark for investors, like you say there is, when does, when, when do those central bankers not just stop raising interest rates, but when do they change their communication a little bit? That will be the thing for yeah. investors to watch. It's not much sign of it at the moment. And you want to be a little bit wary. You know, the energy, energy prices are now pushing out, you know, some of those uh, expectations with regards to the plausible peak in inflation, even in the US. So it, it's a very complicated backdrop there. I suspect a tough summer ahead. That's the current expectation. Uh, that could change, like I say, but that's our current base expectation. And I suppose, you know, w- with that in mind, it'd be pretty tempting to, you know, certainly wait until making any substantial increases to, to stock market, to equity exposure. Well, I mean, yes, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, a lot of people will look at pullbacks of the size we've seen and, so, you know, look at it and say that's naturally tantalizing. You know, if you look mm-hmm. on a probability basis and you look at the size of the pullback relative to historic, you know, pullbacks, you would say that, you know, buyers would get in, get interested uh, we would say it's not as not as easy as that really the outlook as i've described it is significant sufficiently complicated to be sort of you know relatively low conviction that's reflected in our uh, tactical asset allocation book you know there's batch of short-term positions the team focuses on to try and uh, you know add those little performance cherries here and there to the uh, overall kind of SAA performance cake, strategic asset allocation cake. But, uh, and, and, and what, what, what you can see there is that the book is what's called relatively flat. We're not sort of, uh, you know, there's not a, a massive positions at the moment. The team is scouring the world for opportunity. Uh, but at the moment, it's discretion is the better part of valor. Like I say, the outlook for central banking and inflation is so uncertain at the moment. It is very, very, it's dictated a really strong market influence at the moment, that inflation story. And the uncertainty that surrounds the short-term outlook there should mean that, for the moment anyway, we're sort of more cautiously positioned in that tactical book. Not a time to be too bold just yet. Um, But I guess one positive to take out of the start of the year and some of the moves that we've seen, both in stocks and bonds, is that the return prospects, I suppose, maybe for the years ahead, maybe look look a little bit more attractive than they have done in the past, though. And I think you've made reference to that a little bit in what you just said. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this is a little bit, I mean, you know, in these very difficult times, I guess this is a weird thing to sort of really, but what, this is an investment, uh, uh, an investment video, isn't it? So, uh, but yes, you're right. I think that your expected returns probably are a little bit higher than they were. The backup in bond yields is, is helpful there. Stocks mm-hmm. have fallen some distance in some corners as well. So there's, you know, there's less, there's less froth. And we talked in our outlook actually about, you know, the, the need for some of that froth to get blown off, you know, markets at some stage. As always, when it comes, it's more shocking, uh, than, uh, than writing about it in advance or speaking mm-hmm. about it in advance. But yes, those expected returns are higher. And that really is always the finishing point for our, you know, for our conversations. Uh, you must be so bored of hearing it by now, but uh, uh, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully it gets through. Repetition, uh, I, I hope, sort of, um, uh, and convictions. You know, it's my personal belief as well. Is that there's no point in getting too caught up in what's going on right now in a very very confusing tactical backdrop. The returns to longer term investments, you know, that's just about making sure you're fully invested. You know, all the time. Don't worry too much about what's going on in the short term. These are, you know, fluctuations that, you know, your entry point right now, as in days and months, won't make a big uh, difference in terms of your long term returns um, expectation. That's, you know, those short term tactical tweaks. That's more about adding basis points here and there. Like I say, the meat and drink of your returns is just going to be from being invested and having a faith uh, that over the long term, humankind will continue to invent new stuff and get better at using that new stuff, productivity. Uh, and that was what drive your returns. Uh, and as you know, I, I have strong faith that, you know, that that will be the case. We'll go through that on another podcast again. But um, but yeah, I think that's that's the major point to take away as usual. There are always certainly interesting things going on in the world. Uh, Well, thank you, as always, very insightful. And thank you, our viewers and listeners, for joining us. If you would like to keep in touch with our views over the course of the next month between episodes, please do seek us out on our podcast, Word on the Street, where we share all of our latest views on developments. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.